Welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Jim Stam. How you doing, Jim? Good, Gary. How are you? I'm good, man. I mean, today we're going to talk through some pretty heavy topics, and I thought it'd probably be best to have an extra voice to really help us work through it. So let's introduce our guest, shall we? Let's do it. Um, first up is our frequent guest and good friend Graves and uh she'll pop up here shortly <laughs> Graves I hope you and yours are holding up after Tony LaRusso squashed your dreams Do, doing quite well actually yeah I uh uh didn't go as well as I had expected or hoped but uh you know that's uh that's his part of it and uh, apparently he's coming back for another go at it next year yeah sadly for those of us who wanted that as a cheat team and uh, we'd also like for the first time to introduce to some of our listeners, host of the Mad Chad and Eddie show right here on our network, and uh, our beloved producer, Eddie Provident. Eddie, for one week, I won't watch you biting your tongue or holding back interjections. <laughs> Say hello to the fan forum listeners, my friend. What's going on, everybody? It is, uh, I'm excited to talk some baseball, man. You gotta, like, for, for those of you who don't listen to the Mad Chad and Eddie show, uh, I love Chad to death, my my co-host, uh, but Chad is a very, very jaded, uh, very <laughs> fed up Pirates fan, um, hates Bob Nutting, um, and is just, he doesn't have the time or the patience or the energy to talk about the Pirates, so... I uh yeah I don't he's really not he's to... not our best friend either Eddie so no. <laughs> we're all right we're all right on so, that but yeah I I finally get a chance to talk some baseball and uh it's every like you said man every time uh every time I'm I'm sitting there while you guys record I'm like yeah but but, but, but it's, it's, and, and I just I gotta like I gotta bite my tongue I gotta be quiet because I'm not on camera and I'm not I don't have a mic in front of me so it's, I'm excited, a, it's actually it's good fun to be to here. Watch. I mean, yeah, a, a lot of you don't really know the, the behind the scenes of all this uh, podcasting network stuff. You know, we, we all tend to kind of talk a little bit in the background. You know, I've got uh, Smitty is going to be on with us from the 412 because he's got the same problem Eddie has. He wants to talk yeah. baseball and his partner's kind of not feeling it. So, <laughs> so I mean, everyone wants to come on and talk bucks. That's good stuff. I mean, at least, uh, I feel like we're giving people a good environment to, to sit down and talk through it. And that's what it's all about. So, Hey, let's dig in shall we, everybody? Let's do, do it. it. Hey, the first topic I wanted to bring up today is, is one of our first real dives in the next season. And is 2022 really a year to, to spend? I mean, Jim, I'll start with you here. Even if I think your answer is probably something along the lines of yes. And every other year too. <laughs> Well, you know what? Hey, look, it's not my money. So yes, I say spend, right? I mean, so right, that's, that's, that's the easy thing to say and whatnot. Um, yeah, you know, look, depending on what projection you pay attention to, we're talking what a pay, a payroll range right now, as it stands, just looking at it, maybe 40 to 50 million, somewhere in that ballpark. So um, there's room to do it. Um, I think if you're looking to 
maybe have a bridge to some of these more competitive you know remember that word because <laughs> look at this red herring this dude tossing out red herrings <laughs> all right um yeah like i think that's how you can get there and it's a good bridge i would do it i'm not saying go crazy um i don't know that they will but i would like to see maybe some investing in some starting pitching and uh if they just did that that would be fine i'd also like to uh revisit the uh reynolds extension of course and go from there but yeah i say i say do it there's a little bit of room to do it i don't want to sit and wait until 2023 and 2024 and just hope that all these prospects just magically um you know right. continue and 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 produce because that's just not realistic see that's the funny thing you know you know jim brought up later we're going to be talking a little bit about that word competitive right well we should probably do the same kind of exercise with the word spend what does spend really mean to you because what jim just defined graves is hey let's spend a little bit more and get a couple people in here and just try to bridge the gap, right? That is definitely not what I see a lot of the time when people are talking about spending. They want us to go out and get Carlos Correa and, you know. Exactly. So where, where do you fall on this? I mean, I don't think they're there yet, but. And, and, and I agree. I don't think they are either. But to go back to what Jim was saying about, you know, it's not time to go to go crazy spending. You know, yeah, bring in a, you know, a, a sure or, you know, help out the bullpen, what, whatever the case may be. But we're not looking for Bob Nutting to, to go crazy here. You know, it, 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 it's funny how we hear, you know, Nutting's so cheap. He's never going to spend. You know, I'll believe it when I see it. And but those same people are saying, go spend, 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 spend. Like you said, go bring in Carlos Correa, go right. bring in, you know, whoever. And that's just not realistic because we're not there right now and i would much rather wait another year or two let the youngsters develop and and then when it is that time you know then go to bob nutting and say hey you know i i, I need the money you said you would spend when the time is right you know maybe 24 25 maybe that time will be then yeah i mean part of me thinks just looking at the system eddie I don't think that the pitching is going to catch up to the hitting. I think the hitting will be here long before. Like, I, yeah, think, I, I think from a lineup perspective, the Pirates have a chance to be competitive probably by 24. I, but pitching, I don't see it. Well, I, I think if everything falls into place and, and you get a couple of things to you know break your way, I, I, I can see this team being – I don't know if I would say competitive, but I could see this team being fun to watch next year and the year after. But it is going to take them to kind of get to what Jim said. It's going to take them to spend a little bit of money. And I think that them spending a little bit of money would go a long way with the fan base. Um, so let's say, you know, Jim or Jim's right. And it's, you know, that right now, as it stands, it's 40 to $50 million a year for the year next year. Um, you can go out and get a, uh, a couple of corner outfielders and keep the, keep the, uh, keep the payroll under 75 million. Like you don't have to break the bank and get, you know, superstar guys that are going to cost you 25, 30 million a year. You can go out and do a couple of two or three year deals, you know, at 10, 15 million a year. Uh, just some names that I, I, I looked up, you know, so that I'd be ready for this show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Homework. You can, yeah. You could, you could bring in a, a Jackie Bradley or a, uh, well, he's a center fielder, but you could bring in a Jock Peterson, uh, Corey Dickerson, 
Uh, we've now Corey Dickerson. We've seen him in Pittsburgh, but I mean, all the, the those two guys aren't going to cost you too too much. I mean, if you wanted to go a little bit higher, you know, someone like a uh, uh, I don't think we would want to bring Marte back, but he's in that ballpark. Uh, Michael Conforto, uh, Nick Castellanos, he had to drive the left field. Um, <laughs> but uh, I my point is, there are names out there that aren't going to break break the bank that you could you could sign that are big enough to say, see, look here, we're trying to put something out on the field. And you couple those guys, those players, with what's already on this roster as far as bats go. Um, and so now you have Colin Moran as your first baseman. You have, um, you have Cabrian Hayes hopefully healthy for a full season. Um, you know, you have if – you, if you bring back – hey, I, I mean, I know he's terrible on defense – but if you bring back Yoshi, I mean, that, that, dude, that dude seems like someone that could be a fan favorite. Um, now you've got yourself a lineup that isn't an embarrassment. I, now think, you, I think just through course, though, the lineup yeah. is going to improve next year. I really do. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. So I'm not worried about the offense as much. Um, especially, I think we started seeing the trend towards the end of the year. They, they started actually hitting the ball a little bit. So well, if they can... I'm, keep that going and bring in a decent hitting coach and continue that trend. I'm happy to I'm, me. I'm saying all of that. Where is, I'm frightened. Yeah. I, I'm saying all of that. Understanding that they're going to get a pitcher or two. Like I, I, I'm like, I don't see how you can go into next season and not go get at least one pitcher of uh, one starter. All right. So Eddie has just proven that he's very new to this pirate stuff because he can't see it, that I'm not spending money on something. No, I, I mean, so, like, are, are, okay. Let me ask you: are, are they? Do you really think that they could just say, ah, "We're not going to sign a free agent"? Yes, I do. Oh boy! I think they could bring in two NRIs and be happy. Okay. Now, I'm telling them they should. Not that they're listening to me, <laughs> but I mean, I, I could easily see them bring in a couple non-roster invitees or another Trevor Cahill type that is half dead and needs a hoof put on and. <laughs> you know they they definitely have room to spend um it's a little ominous when the gm is so upfront that most improvements gonna have to come from internal in his postseason wrap-up for yeah. me to sit here and pretend they're gonna go out and get somebody you know i'll well, be let, pleasantly surprised if they do let me just say before we move on to anything else is like I, I'm also a big proponent of getting some of these guys some help now whether it's in the in the um, starting rotation or in the lineup just because I mean do we really want another year to absolutely getting your rear end kicked day in and day out and some of these guys that you are hoping to be pieces um that's not that to me is not an enjoyable scenario, and I don't think it helps in, in in several ways from a production standpoint. To say nothing of the fact that you get normally better when you have better teammates around you, uh, yeah. it, it makes things easier to produce. So, you know, I'm just looking at it from that angle too. Is you know, if we're two years down the road and just still, um, I don't think it'll be to this level bad, but I want some reinforcements starting to come. Yeah. It's almost got to start happening at some point. And I guess to me, uh, I'd be happy if they even just ate some garbage trades from people, you know, just, just some trash contracts from people 
see if they could take a, a veteran pitcher off their hands, not unlike A.J. Burnett years ago, get a veteran in here, somebody that can kind of shepherd these guys, and make it a couple of years because I don't want to be hearing about this guy getting traded like in May. Like, you know, I don't want to start talking about it. I think getting a veteran is is the biggest thing. We need a leader on the pitching staff, and yeah. if they can go out and and you know, I know we we I bring up a lot of Tyler uh, Anderson, but uh, you know he's he he did a heck of a job for us this past year. And he's just and a good comp. He's a good comp. You know, he, like, he is. But I don't want it to be Shelby Miller. You know, I mean, like no. I want somebody like that. I think we can actually count on. Like, go get Michael Waka. You know, right. go, go, right. go get somebody else like that, that. What about somebody like a Corey Kluber who uh, he made 11 million last year or this past season with the Yankees? He was, he was hurt so often, though. To me, yeah, I worry about the health. I've got one yeah. of those already. I've got a Stephen Brault. You know, I, I need. But, but doesn't that get, I mean, like maybe because of the injuries, you get him on a sweetheart deal for one year and, you know, he kind of see if for his sake, too, to see if he could rehab himself. And you'd think. You know, I think like yeah. uh, something that they can do, um, and I suggested Michael Lorenzen the other day because I, it's not that I think he's great, but here's a guy that's been stuck in Cincinnati's bullpen once openly has said wants a shot at starting. Well, right. Pirates can give him one. And it's he's already proven too he won't get the boo-boo face if he doesn't win. Yeah, and so, I guess I'm I guess I'm looking at it from the fan standpoint of all right, what is a guy, what's a name that you're not going to break the bank on that's going to be, it, it's kind of like the, uh, what you just said with um, uh, what, Burnett. It's a, it's a big name, a bigger name that you don't have to break the bank on. And I think most, even most casual fans know who Corey Kluber is. They've heard that name. They know what kind of pitcher he can be, what kind of pitcher he was. Um, so that's kind of like, those are the guys I want to see them go after. And it's not so much to be competitive as it is to like, try to start getting butts in the seats so that that money starts flowing in. Because I, I really think that that's going to have a lot to do with, you know, nutting spending in the future is, you know, getting people back in the, in the stadium. It's plausible. I mean, Hey, I think we've talked a, a good deal through that subject and it's going to be intertwined a little bit. I think as we start talking a little bit more about some of that competitive stuff. So let's go ahead and take a quick break and we'll come back. And we'll talk more about uh, competitive baseball in Pittsburgh. Back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Uh, next topic up for debate is the definition of the word competitive. I mean, this is one of those great examples of, of when you get together with somebody, how you can kind of think of something cool. We're, this is after we recorded the last episode. We're standing in the parking lot. Jim and I just got to talking. Jim's like, you know what? <laughs> so we threw up a poll question pretty quick about it. Um, and, and I'm going to go ahead and read it and the results, and we're going to kind of just talk about it a little bit and read some of your replies. So here was the poll. Define the word competitive. We're going to talk a lot about it on the show. We want to read your comments. So here were the options. World Series, period. Playoffs, period. 
and in the race all year. I was shocked by these results. I got to tell you, shocked. In the race all year one with Mario Lemieux's number 66, which, okay. Playoffs period got 28%, and World Series period got six. I am shocked that that number was six. Shocked. I mean... (laughs) Shocked that that many people actually think that the only way you could be competitive is through World Series, or shocked that it was that low? Shocked that it was that low, I huh. because we we've been told, you know, do, as I've been writing and we've been doing the podcasting and everything, something that I get told all the time, Graves, is you if you don't win the World Series, nothing else matters. So that whole stretch from 2013 to 2015. You might as well just flush that down the toilet. That's not being competitive. They didn't win a division. They didn't, right? And they start just chopping it down. Yes, they do. So yeah, we've I'm heard, shocked heard to it see years. 6%, only 6% say that a yeah. World Series is the only way you are competitive. Well, well just remember uh, the, the voting. It's kind of like a secret ballot. So we don't really know who was, who was, uh, who was voting there. But well, uh, it's but, not yeah. going to be secret, Graves. You're going to tell us what you think. I, I am going to tell. <laughs> and, and I'm actually with the majority here um, and the be competitive because we haven't even really been competitive <laughs> for, no, no, for several uh, yeah. years. So, You've got to kind of take a little bit of uh, some baby steps here and, and uh, you know, you've got to win that division. And then, you've, you know, you've got to get past the wild card and get to the LCS. And, and so, it, it, you know, the first time we make the playoffs, I have a lot of doubts that we're going to just automatically just go off and win the World Series. Um, so I'm, I'm willing Gee, to what take could you have watched recently that would lead you to believe that that's not how it works? Yeah, I, I I wonder, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's you know, no team you, in the South Side of Chicago that just showed like you can get there unexpectedly and then lead all year long and kind of rest on your laurels right before the playoffs. And then just fall flat on your face. Yeah. And then have yeah. your decrepit leprechaun of a manager screw you over. Exactly. Terrible. Exactly. I mean, it. Just, I mean, and that is the perfect example. And 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 I'll tell you the other thing that. Larusa does is you know he's big on resting players and he's big on uh you, you know and and just being so cautious and and not wanting to uh play them too you know too much all season long and and so that they're ready for those playoffs and then and then they just look terrible so I'm uh, I'm ashamed but uh and embarrassed a little bit but I think you know you've got to be realistic that uh yeah it, it's going to take a process. And, and, and the White Sox even said too, uh, I think it was Jose Abreu, you know, inexperience got us. So yeah, right. it's not just going to happen overnight. It's got to be a process just like, uh, just like everything else. In other words, you better be happy along the way because you may never actually get there, right? No matter how yeah. well you do it. So Eddie, I mean, competitive is, is a funny word. I, I do agree with Jim that, Literally everybody has a different definition or take. And I don't, I'm not going to roll out that there's some goalposts moving here going on too. Right. So right. how do you feel about the word competitive? I like, for me, it's, it depends on where you're at as an organization. And so for right now where the pirates are, they're on that, they're in the first step 
So for me, it's just in the race all year. Um, obviously competitive for a team like the Dodgers who are built completely different than the Pirates. I don't think being in the race all year is competitive for the Dodgers. Uh, I think being in the World Series, being in the playoffs is more what they're looking for, and what their fans are looking for. So for the Pirates, I think that right now, uh, as a fan base, we need to set a, set ourselves up for success and and not think that uh, you know it's World Series or bust coming off of a 100 loss season. I think if the Pirates in the next couple years just you know hover around the 500 mark that next year or are just you know battling. Um, I, I like the way that Derek Shelton, especially the last month of the season, had this team fighting. You know, um, like you said in the first segment, they were hitting a lot better. They were playing exciting baseball. The pitching sucked, but at least the, the baseball was fun. I'm a moment yeah. guy. I'm I, like I, I went to the uh, you know, we we all were at the uh, well, the three of us were at the O'Neill Cruz uh, uh, debut and I can't tell you what that you know, you and I had this conversation, Gary, that like what that game did for me as a Pirates fan, as a baseball fan, because of you know, they're down five nothing. They come, they storm back. O'Neill Cruz gets the single in the RBI that starts the uh, that starts everything going, and it was just a a great moment for baseball. And yeah. we haven't had a lot of those in Pittsburgh, and so at least in the last couple years. So for me, if they're just if they're just in the race, if they're if they're competing with teams, um, they're playing teams hard, and they're getting some some dirty wins every once in a while. Right now, where they stand as an organization, that's plenty for me. That that shows me that they're trying. That's reasonable. I mean, and sorry, I hate to be reasonable, but <laughs> no, it, it's reasonable for real. It, it, it that's what we kind of aim for here. So I'm I'm happy to hear that. I. I I guess for me, because I feel like 2013 through 15 weren't that far away, I think for me, competitive is I need to see a division title, I think, at some point. Okay. I really do. But uh, before I get to you, Jim, do you want me to read some comments, or do you want to give your opinion first so it's not tainted? Um, let, me, let, me, let, me get something, let me get something going here real quick. I, I I absolutely love this this conversation because what I have learned over the years on Twitter is is you're talking to somebody with about the pirates and um, you're both using that term and you're not even speaking the same language the definitions are different and then you're in a disagreement with somebody and it's simply because the expectations are different and we're seeing it right here with us yeah. four. And how things are 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 you know are different depending on who we're talking to, um, you know. For me, Gary, you brought up this uh, the recent um, stretch where they made the playoffs and and um, you know didn't have the greatest of luck. And right. um, I look at it like that to me is the definition of competitive. They were right there, um, especially a year or two of that where if things break break the right way. Maybe if they win the division, they could have been in the World Series. To me, that is that's my definition of competitive. I'm looking at you'd be playoffs period, playoffs race. playoffs period with a chance to do more once you get in. Um, because remember, we're we're kind of being sold this this rebuild and it's a process. And at the end of this process, 
is this hope that you're going to be in that position to do those things. So where someone, you know, like Eddie, and rightly so, Eddie said, he, he loves the moment. And I'm more of the end of the process type guy. So again, right there, very, mm-hmm. very different approaches to that even. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I think you've got to be there. You've got to maybe yeah. win the division, get in the playoffs, and then you're waiting to see how things break. So Gary, Gary, before you go to the comments, I have a question for you, Jim. So in your definition of competitive here, mm-hmm. um, do you take into account like stages of the process? Because I think right now, I think we would all agree that next next year it's pretty hilarious and pretty outrageous for them to be a playoff baseball team or a, you know, uh, a team that can do damage in the playoffs. So like, if we're looking at, I I guess I looked at this question is what's competitive for next year. So like for you, what would be that, what would be that definition competitive for next year? Like what do you need to see out of this team next year to see that they're taking the right steps to eventually getting to the point you're talking about? Um, Probably um, the funny thing is, is not even looking at the major league, results almost kind of similarly like we were doing this year whereas man we've still got to get a lot of guys developed and taking that next step and so yes i'd like to see a little bit of improvement wins and losses and maybe seeing cabrian hayes bounce back and find his you know maybe he wasn't what he was when he came up but i don't think he was what he looked like this past season either so that but i'm also just again, we've got to look at the development in the minors because it's got it. Sherrington just said it recently. It's got to, it's going to have to come from there. The majority of it. See, I'm a little more vanilla than that. I I want about a 10 game improvement in the win loss Mm -hmm. total. Yeah. I just think that they can't win. They can't lose a hundred losses again or a hundred games again, because if they go back to back seasons with a hundred losses, piggybacking now. And and I kind of personally think the COVID year was just, throw it away don't even think about it but a lot of fans are going to look at that COVID year and think that was probably a 100 loss team too to string two or three of those seasons along you're going to lose a lot of the city and a lot of the fan base and and there's going to be a lot of um i think the the you're getting into the the messy waters of how do you repair that so i I think they worry about that a lot more than me they'll come back when they win always do always have always that's true I, I, I tend to be right in the middle of that. I think there's some credence to it on both sides. I do think winning cures a lot of things, and but I do got to be um, semi-concerned just about being good stewards of the game here in, in, in the city of Pittsburgh and making sure that there's a fan base left or at least one that's a knowledgeable one because um, things, you know, another hundred loss season. I do think it's, it's, it's damaging, but mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, if they come back two, three years down the road, um, but I don't want to see them get just beat down in, in the meantime, I, either. I don't either. The point is when they do get into the playoffs or whatever, it's going to be filled with people that were saying they were there all along, watching all along, paying attention all along. Oh, I believed all along. Oh, I knew Nick Gonzalez was going to be this. 
Oh, I knew O'Neill Cruz would be launching balls into the Allegheny. Oh, I called it way back when they traded Watson. I didn't complain at all. <laughs> There's right? a- there will be 40,000 people on oh, Twitter saying they, they were there for O'Neill Cruz's first game. Yep. And yeah. uh, what was the attendance that night? There'll be people, oh, I went through eight generations of dogs on pup nights. I mean, like, <laughs> come on now. Like, we all know the truth. That place was packed with a whole bunch of people that were there to watch a hey, playoff game. And I, that's I good. Was, I was, I was yeah. in the stadium. I was in Forbes Field when Mazeroski hit the home run. <laughs> that's unbelievable. You wow, must have that been is swimming real fast. Breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. So, hey, let's read a few comments from, from people that, that did answer the poll because I think, like we were saying, we've kind of touched on a lot of the things that they brought up, but I always like to, to interact with them a little bit. So WV WV Kent, he, he's a good one on there on here usually. And he says, in my never humble opinion, competitive will vary depending on which year the rebuild they're in. So that's something my that, man WV Ken knows what he's talking that's about. Something that he, said. he went on to list specifically what those are. I'm gonna go ahead and pass on that because you really you know. read Eddie's burner right off the top of this. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unreal. I mean all right, here's uh Michael Hall. He says competitive means just that. Competing with other teams for the playoffs doesn't mean doesn't mean stop there. It's the floor. Got to build on that for a championship year. Makes total sense. That's pretty much what we've been talking about trying to do. So I get that. Uh, Then we had people that wanted to get me to give them specifics of what exactly I meant because they're English majors. (laughs) (laughs) Now we've got, um, let's see, Ken Conforti. he, He kind of followed up on Michael Hall's there a little bit. Um, he totally agrees with what he said. 2013 to 2015 were fun. Got to push to win the division, though. 2011 and 12 were also fun, uh, even though they collapsed in the second half. So I think that's that's kind of back what I was saying. Like competitive for me is kind of just being in it and and getting close to it. But I would like to see a division uh, win. I have a, I know I'm not I'm not the host here, and I'm I'm already full of questions. But I I finally get a chance to talk to people who actually. <laughs> really look into baseball and and study it and and know it well do you how much do you think the pirates uh front office is looking at the rest of the division and saying okay the cubs are going to be down these years the cardinals might be down these years the and they're trying to they try to time this so that it doesn't happen the way it happened in 2013 through 15 where we win nine. You know, the Pirates win ninety-eight games in the, and they're in the wild card game. Let me answer that with the easiest way I possibly can. You won't even find Ben Charrington commit to a timeline for this team. He's okay. certainly he not going. He's certainly not going to pretend that he knows the timeline for other teams. Yeah. Where the Cubs are at right now, if you asked me to look at their system and pretend they were in the same situation as the Pirates, I'd go. They don't have enough pitching. They're years away. Uh, they got wisdom. That's a nice player. They got a couple other guys that you know I'm interested in seeing, but they just don't have the pitching in their system. They're going to struggle for a few years. Don't worry about the Cubs. I know they're not the Pirates. They have the money to go get the pitching if they really want mm-hmm. to. So they'll go and get some pitching, and they'll probably be marginally better next year, but they know they're not ready to go all in because they want to do what the Red Sox have done. 
just build up their farm system, go hammer it all again after a three-year period of time. Watch what the Red Sox do. Yeah, They stunk last year. This year, where are they? In the ALCS. Yeah. And why? Because they waited for all their young guys to come up, augmented them with talent, had some MVP caliber free agents and trades. Hey, all good, right? That, that's the way they work it. But they don't care what the Yankees are doing, and they don't care what the Rays are doing, and they don't care what the Blue Jays are doing. Of all the teams in that division that you thought would come out and be in the ALCS, did you have Boston when the season started? No. No, and, and, and the other thing about it is, I mean, you can only control what you can control. You know, at the end yep. of the day, it's hard enough getting your own damn organization up off the ground here in Pittsburgh. So I can see why um, I can see why that is a question because, man, it was such bad luck the the you know when they previously had this run because um it just it just the timing of it stunk i mean the division was strong we ran into some buzz saws in the wild card game and what what else can you do but i would say that if they're back to being somewhere in the playoff discussion and competing for a division title then that's a good problem to have if we even have to ask that question. So yeah, I'd also say largely when you're in these divisions, I, I think what we saw with the giants and, and Dodgers this year is, is kind of an outlier. You don't often see two teams over a hundred wins in the same division, but they did it very much at the expense of another on paper, very good team, San Diego. Right. Mm-hmm. So San Diego stunk because the Dodgers and the, um, giants beat the crap out of them all year. So, I mean, that's really what happened. And and that's where they took a big hit. It's luck um, of the draw sometimes. Yeah, I mean, even back to the early 90s, boy, it really sucked that the Pirates ran into the Braves. You know, and, and they ran into the eventual World Series champion Reds, too. So, I mean, like, it's not like they uh, didn't have good baseball teams. It's just you can't control when other teams get good, too. The Dodgers may very well lose tonight. And then I think arguably the best team on paper is out of the playoffs. So once you get to the playoffs, it's all a crapshoot. So and I'll see, tell you what. And, and see if the Dodgers lose, that means baseball's working. Everything's fine. We don't need any yeah. salary yeah. caps or floors. It's just perfect. What are we? I mean, what are we even complaining yeah, about I mean, here in Pittsburgh? Except every market left is huge. So, I mean, like it doesn't really matter. Um, sarcasm just for everybody out there competitive though I I think we I think we covered the way that we feel about it and I I think what we've really talked about most here is that it really and truly does mean something different to everybody and always will so maybe when you're having conversations about baseball or you're talking about expectations for this team don't just throw that word out there like it doesn't mean anything because it really does mean something different to everyone else I I mean, I didn't read Eddie Shack's comment because his, of course, said they got to win the World Series. But uh, I could have told you that before he wrote it. So, <laughs> but that's the point, though. You know, I'm making fun of Eddie in a way, but it, that's how a certain percentage of the fan base does see that word. So, if you're going to say competitive, just be prepared. And also, I'd say as they get better, much like the Steelers, if the Steelers don't make the playoffs and win around in the playoffs, 
then they had a failure of a season, right? It's funny you mentioned that because I almost said this because I, uh, you know, Steelers always seem to find a way into everything of that I think about. But Bill Cowher said um, the thing that he learned. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but it's um, you know, it was it was talking about just getting so consumed in chasing that Super Bowl, that that Lombardi Trophy, but enjoying the journey. And, um, you know, taking time along the way to enjoy that. And like you said, Gary, I mean, you better find something to enjoy along the way because that part may never come. And maybe that's really what Cower was saying in the first place, which is he almost, almost didn't get one. And so yeah. if you can't appreciate it along the way, then, um, you know, what are you really doing it for? And I think we could say the same thing as fans. If it's just going to be pure misery, which trust me, we... <laughs> We yeah. know what that is, but uh, you better find something, right? It's like the great John Fogarty said, someday never comes. So let's just uh, move on from competitive. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some current events with baseball in Pittsburgh, uh, starting with our good friend, Joey Cora. Some of you are probably cheering about, but I do wonder why. Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. This is the Pirates Fan Forum. And the next topic on the agenda is is a recent event, really. So the Pirates decided to part ways with Joey Cora. And I found it curious, to be honest. He was in charge of the infield defense. And the infield defense resoundingly got better this year. Like, resoundingly. We're actually pretty good i mean if you, if you just want to look at something generic like errors they were the best in the league but i i mean that schematically they were getting the more balls too the range had improved you know the uh they were getting more outs than expected so i mean, i just didn't see what he did wrong this year there i understood wanting to let go of him as a third base coach they lost an awful lot of those battles. They, they had some bad sentence. They had a lot of people thrown out at home. And when you're a team that doesn't get a lot of guys across third base, that kind of becomes a bigger scene than, it, than maybe it does on a team that is routinely getting guys to third base. Okay. I understood that. I guess to me the timing was a little curious. And um, Jim, I'm going to start with you this time. Any thoughts on the Joey Cora situation? Do you think there was maybe a path where they could have just said, hey, Joey, maybe a third base coach isn't your gig, brother. But we did like what you did with the infield. Yeah, man, you know, I, I go back and forth on this one a little bit because it's funny. You get on social media and there was almost um, a rejoicing of sorts about it. And um, like it was really going to make a difference. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. But but sometimes I think, you know, people are just looking for someone to blame. And look, I mean, 
we've all been through Colin Moran rounding third and getting thrown out at home plate for the millionth time. But some of those two are situational um, in games where whether he's out or not, it's the right call to make depending on the game situation. So you could break it down even further. It's really, to me, it's really not worth it. Um, do I think they could have kept him around? Yeah, but he's a holdover. Um, he's been in right. this organization a long time. I think Shelton, you know, um, what you're seeing, and this may terrify some people if, if you're not a Shelton guy, and I'm neither for nor against at this point, but now you're starting to see a little bit more of maybe his guys, his team, his staff, and uh, he'll have to take ownership of that. And of course, we'll see what happens with um, Oscar Marine too, but I, I, I just don't think it was, A, something to celebrate, and be something to get that worked up uh, about because there are a lot of guys out there that are extremely sound instructional guys that they can bring in that should fit in nicely and can't honestly be a lot worse at the third base duties than Cora was. So yeah. that's where, that's really where I'm at. I mean, full disclosure, I, th- this really didn't affect me very much either way. I, I mean, even the infield stuff, uh, I guess, like, with Newman, they, they give him full credit that he taught uh, him first step to be a little bit faster. That has helped. His range has improved drastically. You can't say it hasn't. Um, second base, I, I, I mean, Adam Frazier was okay already. You know, Colin Moran, they, they claimed that Joey was very responsible for teaching him that position from scratch. Um, I mean, I've heard that from Derek Shelton. So, I mean, they give him full credit for that. I guess you could say he was at least adequate there. I think he was better than he was at third. But, Eddie, I think my question that really comes out of this is, is if the holdovers were all going to wind up being scapegoated and fired, why did we just keep him in the first place? Why don't we just get rid of him and let Derek Shelton have the autonomy that they're ultimately giving him now a full two seasons later? See, I think if you come in, you bring Shelton in and just wipe everyone out, I, I think that's a bad look to the players, the rest of the organization. I mean, you've got a lot of people that are, are, are looking at how you handle this. And so I don't, I don't see any problem. If you know that you're not, not to go back to the last segment, but if you know you're not going to be competitive for a couple of years, uh, you know that you're going to probably have some lean years, why not see what you have in these guys? Why not give them a, a, a year or two to say, all right, are, are you worth keeping around? Because if you do that and then they build these relationships with these players and the players trust these coaches, then you don't have to bring new guys in. You don't have to bring new coaches in to build that trust all over again. Um, so I don't really see an issue with using these lean years to try to figure out what you have. Uh, on the on the ball field and on the on the coaching side of things, uh, I think that that's fine. Um, I'm with you though, as far as Joey Cora goes. I don't really. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I don't know enough of what Joey Cora did to say it mattered or didn't matter. So I, I mean, you know, I know he was involved yeah. with the infield. I know he didn't know how to send people home. Um, I, I mean, other than that, like I, I don't know enough about Joey Cora's day to day interactions with the ball club to say yeah he should have been let go or he should have stayed i see i see graves just chomping at the bit right now i know right like um 
Yeah, I, I have a feeling I know where this might go, but uh, yeah, it hit me with it. Well, I do love Joey Cora, and, and I'm very familiar with him, and, and I've mentioned it on, on previous podcasts. You know, when he was with the White Sox, he had a, a like Camp Cora where he would take four or five guys, you know, and get them together in the offseason, and they worked on defense. And I wanted that so badly to happen with the Pirates, you know, when they had him on staff and for whatever reason, you know, whether he was held back from doing that or, or whatever, we're going to start seeing that now this offseason. And Joey's going to be gone. He he but he was the third base coach for the White Sox when they won in 2005. So he knows how to coach third base. He knows what he's doing. And I really, truly, honestly believe in a in a lost season. Uh oh. Challenging the well, I don't, these guys saying right now. to pick it up that that really goes away. You kind of cut out there, Grace. Yeah, but, but I think oh. I can fill in for you. Joey was a good dude. He did really good things with the White Sox. You're sad that he, <laughs> that he got let go. I am. And you don't necessarily want him to be besmirched. And I don't either. I, I, well, I well, and, but the, the other thing, too, is he was one of our few Spanish-speaking coaches. So there's still a question about Oscar Marine, whether he's going to stay or not. So if you've got Oscar gone and you've got Joey gone, I don't think you have anybody that speaks Spanish. Well, and to me, that's very... This- Oscar isn't going anywhere right now. And and I and I know that. But it's still something Oscar is pulled stretched so many different ways that he can't even keep his head on straight most times. You know, we've talked about it before. We need an assistant hitting or assistant pitching coach to come in and take some of the responsibilities away from Oscar and to help him. So now we're going to say, well, now you have to be the Spanish speaking coach. That's just adding to his responsibilities that, you know, so. And they have Mike Gonzalez knows. and we don't know who the new third base coach will be. I mean, it, right. it, it, it could be I'm another still, Spanish I'm, speaker, especially since they've made right. sure that they have at least two at every level. I can't see MLB being the one they don't. So right. I'm, I'm sure I'm, that'll rectify itself. I'm just, I'm just throwing things. I'm, I'm just throwing some, some things out there, but no, Joey Cora, I, I'm sad to see him go. He was the third base coach with the White Sox in 05 when they won the World Series. And if a if a professional baseball player can't score from second base on a double, then maybe he's the problem. Maybe he's just too he slow. Right? On this team. I, and I, I ultimately hey, think hey, don't call those, Colin Moran out like that. I think a lot. Oh, we're going to call Colin Moran. <laughs> okay, out, red beard. Especially <laughs> if he's going to make four million dollars you know, next year, he better run a little faster. I'm, I'm actually kind of hoping that uh, the, the groin problem he had was a little bit of the, of the reason that he was so, so slow in the second. No, half no there. groin, no groin talk, Gary. I, I have PTSD yeah. with all the Steelers stuff. No groin talk. <laughs> I, I, I can't. Let's, oh, just, let's just call them lower body injuries. We'll keep it very like NHL esque for everybody. Smitty, yeah. Smitty's groin gang got me, man. Yeah. I, I can't, I, or we could just we could talk about injuries like Pat Narduzzi. <laughs> just silence and anger, right? <laughs> and uh, nobody respects us. Um, 
I, I mean, Joey Cora is not the only guy that got let go. You know, they they also let uh, Esposito go from from AAA, and and you know, I'm not gonna lie, long time coming for me. I I've uh, I followed that situation pretty closely. A, long, a while back, they let go uh, Michael Ryan from AA, and and Craig and I were shocked. I mean, he, he had done nothing but produce everywhere he'd ever been. West Virginia Power, Bradenton Marauders, Curve. He's excelled and players got better everywhere he was at. And they let him go. They let him go before they did this whole regime change because uh, Kyle Stark didn't like being told he was wrong. I mean, that's legit what happened. And he wouldn't follow his silly coaching ethos. But they kept Brian Esposito, and we thought when, when Ben Charrington came on board, that would be one of the first fires because it had been a problem for years that players would go from double-A, looking like world beaters, get to triple-A, stall out. And we're still seeing it. Next year, they're going to have actual horses, so they're replacing the position. I'm really happy about that one. Again, though, here we are with this holdover situation. And I already heard your explanation, Eddie. Oh, let's go ahead and keep them because we don't know. But you bring in a manager. I don't know too many teams that bring in a new management group and don't bring in their I especially don't know when you bring in a coach to be a first-time manager whose only expertise is being a hitting instructor and tell him he's got to live with an old hitting instructor. I don't see that. And his second love, by the way, was being a fielding instructor. So let's go ahead and hold on to that one, too. That that doesn't make any sense to me. That's where I question the Pirates' methodology here. And what I really question is their timing. They had Esposito at that training camp in Altoona. They, they could have seen that they didn't like his coaching style there, right? I mean, Jim, what do you think about this? We, we, we got a AAA guy. Why, why did they wait so long? You know, um, probably, you know, I think it is fair to say that some of this, probably the timing of it when um, this whole kind of regime switch happened with the Pirates, they probably just were hesitant with, you know, I mean, we didn't even know if we were going to have a season there for a while um, when they when this first all happened. So, um, yeah, I mean, but now it seems like they maybe have drugged their feet a little bit on it. Um, we don't, we don't want triple A to become just this, uh, essentially this graveyard that it has become for the pirates. Um, now part of that was player driven too. That's not, yeah. I mean, if you don't have the horses, you don't have the horses. Right. But, um, we would have certainly hoped you would have liked to have seen a little bit more, um, development and a couple guys popping through there that maybe you didn't even expect. And that didn't even really happen. Right. So when you're looking for like little examples to say, okay, well, you know, the talent's not there and whatnot, but there wasn't a whole lot to point to, to just say, well, okay, but remember they, this guy, this guy uh, um, developed and outperformed and became somebody that they used at the major league level, it didn't really happen right. at the time. Like we didn't, we didn't have, um, say, a blind address. We really needed an outfielder last year, right? They're scouring the waiver wire everywhere. Oh, we need the blind address has been in our system for what five years now. I mean, like, how come we can't pop somebody like that through? Sharp's down. Chris Sharp's down there for for six years. 
somebody like that's got to at least be ready to come up here and play a decent defense and, and hit 200, right? You got to coach them up to that degree, at least some of these guys. We just don't have anything like that. If it's not a high draft pick, it ain't getting through AAA. That's a problem that needs fixed. A problem, to be blunt, I'm kind of irritated they took an entire season to learn when the track record was right there for them. And I think we talk about wanting to improve a lot of these things with the development system and the analytics and all that stuff. And, and Eddie, all that stuff is a great concept. But to me, you can't come in here and not see that as a problem and, yeah. and address it before we waste an entire year. That's yeah, what I'm I, worried about. I, I think that we're learning, well, maybe not so much learning, but I think that we're being affirmed in our belief that the Pirates' issues are more than just on the major league level. Uh, the When we say that there were organizational problems, um, and, and I'm not going to point the blame. There's no point in, in pointing fingers now. I mean, it's it's over and done with. Just fix it. But when we see that there the the organizational problems um, that we were that this organization was dealing with go further than just Pittsburgh, and when yeah. they go further than just Pittsburgh, uh, I think it's like every every layer you go down deeper, it takes a little bit longer to fix things, and it takes a little bit more patience on the fan base's part, and a little bit more patience on the front office's part. Um, especially a guy like Ben Charrington who comes in and basically says, all right, this is what I have to work with. Now I've got to figure it all out. I've got to sit here and, and learn it all and then, and, and actually examine what the problems are. And then I got to figure out how to fix them. Yeah. That's not something that happens. Uh, you know, as much as we would like to say that this is something that happens quickly. Um, it, it's not, you know, I, I almost look at it. Uh, you know, the, the TV show bar rescue, it's yep. almost like uh, MLB franchise rescue uh, and Ben Charrington's coming in and he's got to say, all right, what's working? What's not? Okay. Almost nothing's working. Well, well let's rip it from, rip it down to the studs and, 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 uh, and start over. And, and we're seeing that happen now that we're getting into the minor league uh, teams. We're seeing that happen. And, the, and that's yeah, the thing too. Pretty quick to fire people early. Just yeah. Not this one. Go ahead. Jim. Well, no, I was just going to say is, we, you know, we do use the term tear it down to the studs because that's, <clears throat> excuse me, absolutely what they had to do. But we're, we weren't talking about just one house. You know, mm -hmm. when, when you're dealing with a farm system and having to overhaul that part of it, too. I mean, that's that's the street. That's the cul-de-sac. <laughs> you know, we're yeah. we're not just on one thing at the major league level. So. It's We're talking about a development system that didn't even have Repsoto it, machines at every stop. <laughs> it's for an real. It's an incredible undertaking. Um, yeah. So, you know that that's not an excuse. That's just the facts of the matter. And you know, people like to say that you're defending it, or whatever. But that's just. I mean, that's just. It is what it is. Which boggles my mind because it's not like you're. If you're saying, "Hey, this is broken. There's a problem." That's not to me. That's not defending anything. That's saying, "Hey, there's a problem. Fix it." You know, you're 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 calling it out. You're calling it what it is. Sure, but but you know, it's gotten graves. I mean, it's gotten toxic on Twitter, and you know, anything that you say that doesn't involve bashing the pirates, even if it's factual, and you know what that turns into. You you, yeah, you deal with it. 
I, I do. And, and just to kind of touch on the, the, the holdovers, I mean, we even saw it for a while in the front office, you know, yep. um, just to kind of help with the transition. So, and then eventually, you know, we saw some of the, those guys let go. Um, we're seeing it as far as the coaching staff and we're seeing it with the players. I mean, how long does it really take to evaluate what, uh, you know, Eric Gonzalez is going to bring you or Philip Evans or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, it, it, it's time and maybe a little bit overdue, but it, right. we've, we've got to see some, I like to say, clear out the clutter. I mean, we've we've got to make some changes, and 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 surely by now we're 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 gonna finally see some answers and and see some changes being made. And and Esposito definitely is is one of those guys. And and we've got to. It, it's very important to get his replacement right. I mean, that gap between Absolutely. AAA and Major League Baseball, it's huge. It's it's huge, and not only for the Pirates. I mean, it's big for all all teams. And you've got to get that right coach in there that's going to get these guys prepared and they're not going to come up here like like Mitch Keller with a scared look in his eyes and a deer in the headlights and like whoa what am, what what am I supposed to do that's they've like got what, to be ready I think that that's down. what I that's what I wrote in the, the priorities the other day when I was talking about yeah. the, the hiring I, I said you're hiring a gatekeeper here. This is your gatekeeper to the major leagues, and you want to make sure that the dude has a key. Hashtag yep. Gary Morgan for Triple A Indy. No, dude, I don't want that job. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait a second, Jim. Jim last week he said he's got some coaching experience. Oh boy, yeah. Well, oh, we, we, the goal is to make things better, not not worse. So. <laughs> You know, let's just let's just keep it there. Right. To be very clear, we're very good at telling people what they're doing wrong, but we don't want to do it. No. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what the job of a producer is. <laughs> Seriously. No, I mean, hey, it, it is good to see them them moving some things. I do understand some of them hurt a little worse than others. Like, um, you know, Joey's gonna land on his feet. So I'm not too worried about him, but a lot of the holdovers are, are we are seeing washed away now. I think there's only one left, mm -hmm. so that that's just a message, right? So that shouldn't be too long, I'd imagine, sure. where they'll they'll figure something out there. Do you think he'll get the message? I think somebody will pay the price for the pitching this year. Yes, so I, I think he's probably my candidate, and I'm pretty sure they won't get rid of Oscar Marine. I'm um, not even necessarily saying they should. I. I do love to ask the question, who's gotten better? Because I haven't seen it. I really haven't. Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes got better. David Bednar came here and kind of started doing that in spring. I don't think they got a hold of him and fixed him or anything. Right. Um, you know, Max Kranick did everything himself. So <laughs> show me somebody they improve, and, and then maybe I'll start believing in them a little bit. Would you, would you put Stratton in there? No, because Stratton's been good for a while. Okay. Yeah. I mean, now, I, I was going to say one thing that worries me, you know, do we really, and, and I agree, Oscar's not going anywhere. And, and, and I, and I hope that that is the case, but the last thing I want is for a whole new guy to come in that Mitch Keller has to get to know and learn to trust. He already doesn't trust anybody. You know, he doesn't even trust himself. So if Oscar does stick around, I think that would be a wise thing. Get him an assistant coach and 
you know, let's let's get Mitch Keller going in the I right. I mean, direction. I'm I'm hoping all Mitch needed was Iowa to beat Penn State because that's where he's from. So maybe he's really extra happy now. Exactly. And, it's all, and it's all I needed, but hey, you know that's. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I'm going to pretend that I like Penn State and Pitt equally as on this podcast uh-huh. and just leave it at there. But uh, I, I think that's a good rounded conversation for the week. And, and I think we'll, we'll probably be talking about some of these coaching decisions as we as we head a little bit deeper into the offseason. So let's leave it there as, as our good opening for our thoughts. I'd say that we're going to expand on as we go. And uh, great conversation, everybody. Eddie, how was your first experience? Pretty good. It was it was nice to not have to sit here and be quiet and just uh, patiently twiddle my thumbs, and then <laughs> it'll be nice for you guys because I won't bombard you with a bunch of things that I had to say after the show. So now you guys don't know he points at us and stuff, and he's like, "Oh no, no, no!" Like uh, he throwing wants, stuff at them. He it's, wants to talk. It's an abusive environment, but uh, you know that's <laughs> um, you know you know what I have learned through. Uh, this right now is that first of all graves is super smart she doesn't need all the books behind her and the glasses but i gotta get some books behind me i gotta get some glasses on because right there street cred goes way up yep i have to buy yet more equipment for this for this (laughs) gig so i mean i'm gonna jump on amazon as soon as we're done here see if i can get myself a little better camera because this is is not cutting it but Regardless, uh, good bucko talk as usual. Graves, how do people get a hold of you? KG underscore 55, right? It's, uh, yeah, now, see, now you got me all confused. It's uh, uh, KG underscore v, uh, 55 VFTG. There you go. And Jim, of course, Jim Stam 22 for the yeah. city. For the city underscore 412, uh, all Pittsburgh pretty much all the time. And, um, yeah, just – had fun today. This was this was great, guys. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Eddie, everybody knows your show, Mad Chad and Eddie. It's on this yep. network. Comes out every Wednesday. Um, it's good stuff. Good, well-rounded mm-hmm. stuff. You're not going to hear a whole lot of pirates on there, but uh, I'm working on it. I'm working but, on it. But now that we've given Eddie the bug, he's going to probably yeah. pound Chad into talking a little bit more pirates, and. Uh, you guys cover the Steelers and Penguins pretty extensively. And yep. I think Penguins are your first love, right? I'm a hockey guy at heart, but I, I played baseball for 12 years. So until I blew my knee out. So baseball's always got that soft spot for me. So it's good stuff. Check it out on uh, YouTube. And you guys, you guys know we do the live chat feature. Jump on there whenever he premieres it. I believe it's two o'clock, right? Um. Yeah, we're going to actually talk about that off air if we're going to stick with two, if we're going to maybe have some changes, but stay tuned. <laughs> All right. I think the day is safe, though. We'll say Friday. Wednesday, it'll right? be for sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. My show. Your my show. show. Yeah. Oh, my show, two o'clock on uh, Wednesdays. Yes. Two o'clock Wednesday. All right. My show is just on the present. It's when I yes. we're we're going we're gonna to have it in like four different times. Time yeah. <laughs> All right. So everybody, hey, great talk. Really had a good time this week. And uh, let's go Bucks.